2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 WGC Dell Match Play DraftKings picks and preview. If you out there want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League. Link is in the description of this video and podcast. $15 to play, three max entry, no rake whatsoever. So that makes it the best tournament on DraftKings and one that you want to play in. It's going to fill super quickly. And if we can fill it super quickly, because remember, this tournament starts on Wednesday morning, not Thursday. So there's one less day to try to fill it. So get your spot right now. If we don't fill it super early, we're not going to be able to max this out for the Masters. And who wouldn't want $100,000 in the prize pool rake free at the Masters? So, Get off your ass and start to fill the Pat Mayo experience open. Okay, thank you. Also, FantasyNational.com, all my tools and all my stats that I will be using throughout the course of the show from FantasyNational.com, go! to fantasynational.com slash mayo and get yourself 20% off. And there is a nice hook this week. Of course, we always have the lineup generator available to all members of any price point. Uh, I mean, every membership is exactly the same. It's just for longer periods of time. And, you know, you get the annual. It's just a bit cheaper than paying it per week kind of thing. Uh, But it's open to everyone. And Moose has rigged up the lineup generator this week that it will generate you lineups where you must have at least one player in all four of the bracket quadrants. So that is something that should help out because if you're trying to get the optimal DraftKings lineup this week, you would probably need all four players in the final four to help me break this all down from DK live. It is DJ Jazzy Jeff Ulrich. Now I guess the thing is, is you want to have all your final four, but the chances of you actually getting the final four is pretty minimal.
1: It's tough, man. I mean, uh, obviously with the salary structure, the DraftKings throws in there as well. um, You know, you can you could just pick all the favorites but you know you, you still gotta you gotta still fill it in the 50k and uh you know you can have using guys like uh you know the the van runer or, or or uh or um you know other other like uh other long shots like adam long down there at 6k so it's a fun week to make lineups but yeah man i mean this one uh you know if you get four through to the semis whew, you can start counting those checks pretty quickly pat because uh you'll be one of the few
2: yeah it 's going to be I think the last time that this tournament happened in two thousand and nineteen i don 't think a single person in the Not giant, one person. in the giant five dollar got all no. four of them through but i it was actually a really good week for me. I think I had two of them through or maybe that was the bubby year that happened either way, if you get two of the players in the final four and one guy in the finals like you 're doing pretty well in terms yeah. of this event i wouldn 't really be worried drafting strategy wise about leaving a ton of money on the table. Because as Justin Ray pointed out on Twitter, only like 33% of the top seeds actually win their group. So you can get real freaky with your lineups if you want to. That's not to say that like top seeds aren't going to play well, but there's going to be a ton of top seeds that don't end up moving on. Hopefully it's just not the ones that you're taking. So, uh, I kind of spelled it out on the first look show, but I'm going to see if you disagree with this at all. Like you'll, out of your six picks, you do want at least one of them if you're hand building and not using the fantasynational.com dot com slash mayo for the discount lineup generator. Uh, one player from each quadrant, just to give you the chance of having all four people through. And you probably don't want to take two players from the same grouping, correct? <laughs>
1: Absolutely, dude. I mean, and look, the the generator on Fantasy National, absolutely. It's a great thing to do, for, especially for people like me who, you know, I'll go back and check three times and I'll still make a mistake just from that. But you still want to give yourself a chance at getting the top four. I mean, you you need to. It's just smart business, right? Like, uh, you know, if, if you do run that hot or whatever, why not give yourself a chance? And realistically, you need your guys to go through as far as possible this week as well. So um, yeah, generally do not want to be targeting the same players in, in the, the same pod. I'm sure there's some cash game strategies where maybe, you know, you, you, you could really increase your chances, like getting like one guy through a pod. But even in that circumstance, like you laid out 33%, like there's just no guarantees that even if you have two guys in the same pod that you're going to end up with the winner there. So it just really just does not make sense to do that uh, quite frankly. And you can take advantage of the people who, you know, will make mistakes like that. And, and quite frankly, it is a mistake. If you do it, then um, uh, just by being careful and, and making your lineups, you know, with in line with the bracket like that. So. So even if you
2: are playing for the optimal lineup in this sort of circumstance, I probably wouldn't even take two guys. And this is probably a bit overthinking it, but I'm probably not going to even make a lineup where my guys have a chance to play in the round of 16 either. I'm just really going to try to maximize all six of my guys trying to go the farthest. Now, if you get like a six of six lineup out of the pod stage, you're probably going to be looking pretty good in the money as well. Regardless of what happens.
1: Absolutely. If you get a six of six of the pod stage, you'll be looking pretty good. I mean, if I guess you could run terrible and go like O of six in the round of sixteen, but um, even then, you'd be getting so much extra points with that extra match from six golfers. So, yeah, I think in general, you you want to try and stay away from the round of sixteen clashes as well. You know, there might be some cases where you just kind of end up on like two really cheap guys and they might meet in the end of the round of sixteen. That might be okay because, again, they're cheap guys. If you get a pod victory from them, that, that'd be insane at their salary. I guess you can make that argument. But realistically, you kind of got to throw what we know about, like, PGA Chalk out the window. Like, we know, like, PGA Chalk has actually been hitting pretty well. I mean, we know the big guys come through for us. We know what players, when they're undervalued, and, and a guy like Joaquin Neiman last week being a good example. But you kind of got to throw that away this week. This just isn't how this tournament works It just really doesn't favor the favorites, quite frankly. It's all about craziness and volatility. So really look at the brackets. Give yourself the best chances because that's how you're going to maximize, in my opinion, uh, your chances of winning in the long run in an event like this. You know, not getting those clashes early on, giving yourself at least a chance to hit those optimal kind of results. Well,
2: let's speak about the favorites in this tournament because you're going to want to spend some salary. It's not like the favorites don't have a chance, in fact, as per the betting odds they do have an excellent chance of winning this event. It's funny because we look back down at the past four years that this has been at Austin country club, where it is once again, this will be the fifth year. It wasn't an event that actually happened last year, but Day and DJ win the first two years, and I believe they were both the one seed or at least top four seeds in that tournament, both top four players in the world at the time. Now, DJ is still the number one player in the world. Jason Day, not so much. But then Bubba wins the year after that, and then Kisner wins the year after that. So it can kind of be anyone. I guess I would say that the guys that you would want to take who aren't the favorites are ones that play really well at Pete Dye Courses.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think, you know, if if Dustin or, or John Rom comes in this week, and they just get in a groove and playing well, they're probably going to blow the doors off of everyone, and and that's fine. But, um, you know, again, the, like you said, you don't want to, you you don't need to just discard all the favorites either. You can still pick your favorite uh, guy from the top and and ride him, and and still leave salary left over. Quite frankly. Uh, from the other choices. But at the same time, there's a lot of opportunity here for, for mid-tier guys. I mean, we saw Kucher and Kisner, two guys who bunted off the tee, but they can get red hot on PTI courses with their irons and, and, and their putters. And I, this this course, is it, it profiles like this. It's a shorter... Uh, par 70 or is it par 71? I can't remember. It's a shorter course for a PGA Tour setup anyways. It's a lot of scoring holes. Guys like Kisner and Kuchar can absolutely compete with their irons here. So uh, I think that mid-tier opportunity, it, it brings a lot of opportunity, quite frankly, in the betting odds as well. But uh, definitely some good players like that to target, um, you know, especially ones with good p die track records. Absolutely.
2: So for key stats, I'm really just looking at wedges and birdie or better and opportunities gained because no. triple bogeys don't really mean anything. That's just you lose a hole. Big deal. Whatever. Can you go back the next hole and go stick it to two feet and make your bet You wouldn't even have to make your putt at that point. It's a gimme. So... I wouldn't really worry about those players who put up massive crooked numbers on scorecards, unless they're just consistently doing it. Then they're not going to win, obviously. But that's sort of the chance that you have to take in a tournament like this, especially when you're looking at the very bottom end of the field. The two crossover courses, strangely, that I think I would point to, maybe three, and two of them are die courses. One would be the RBC Heritage, uh, just because Kisner... And Kuchar, uh, two players who just seem to excel at that course over time. Even Jason Day has historically played that course very well. DJ and his limited appearances, uh, you know, he's been 54-hole leader there twice in his career and kind of gagged it on Sunday. But he has played well at Heritage in the past. So Harbortown would be my number one comp course. Number two would probably be uh, Seaside. Um, So the Sea Island Seaside course for the RSM, uh, that's been some pretty decent crossover there too. And then the Travelers Championship, TPC River Highlands, another Pete Dye course, one that like Bubba and Casey go run train at every single year. Good thing J.B. Holmes isn't in the field here. He's playing at Putacana, so we don't have to worry about him mucking up the works and slowing everything down. But he's just another player who tends to play well at that course over time. So those would be the ones that I would be targeting for this week. If I just wanted to compare a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Love the, love the TPC River Highlands uh, comparison. I think the most out of those ones, it's got the risk reward par four there too, which we do have here. I think that, that just there's certain players again, like Bubba and, and DJ just aggressive off the tee. They can, it kind of plays to their favorites. So, um, you know, again, just a mix. This type of course is always going to bring in a mix just like River Highlands does. I mean, you, you can see shorter hitters just get hot, but big hitters, if, if they're, they're driving it really well that week, they can take advantage of some of these scoring holes and uh, it's a fun course. I think it's a perfect course for match play, quite frankly. And I think by the the, the multitude of different winners we've had here, I, I think it kind of shows that because everyone can compete here. It's a very wide open event. And again, it speaks for fantasy purposes. You can get nuts, like you said. You can leave some money on the table you can target some four seeds here and, uh, and cause they're live They're Everyone's live here in my opinion. So,
2: so I took the, the average round tee to green between Harbor town, sea Island resort and the seaside course and TPC river highlands and put it to an average per round, leaving the top five players in the field. T to green, Weisberger, Sergio, Rory, Bryson, and Hovland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Weisberger was not the name I thought was going to be popping off there front, but, uh, no, that's interesting. Um, again, just, a, just a mix of players though. Right. I mean, it just shows you that got, these are courses that guys can get hot on And, and, uh, it, it just doesn't necessarily take like one certain skill, one, one, like, uh, you know, big off the tee or whatever. So, uh, anyone can get hot with their Potter, uh, certain guys, definitely better at it. You know, a Webb Simpson guy profiles like that, obviously he's made his, his career off doing it. So just, just, you know, keep, keep everything on the table this week, keep everything open. Cause realistically, um, it's going to bring a lot of players into play this week.
2: Uh, I wanted to briefly touch on some of the injured players before we come in, but are actually right. still in the yeah. field right now, because I think that, Oh, Eating the chalk here probably isn't the end of the world because you can leave some money on the table and it's fine. But I think that because of Berger's injury uh, and he's in group fourteen, uh, which is on the other side of the John Rom pod, that John Rom is going to be immensely popular because of this. Just because his path to get to the quarterfinals just seems a whole lot easier than other other people. If Berger is truly injured from this rib injury, so and even on that side of the bracket, you have both Matthew Wolf, who's returning from injury. We don't know really what his status is, he might go and hit one shot, and that's the end of him. He goes and collects his paycheck, and that's the end of him. Then you have Berger with this rib injury. I assume if it was so bad, he wouldn't be playing, but we've actually seen him one sh- hit one shot at a WGC in the past, and then withdraw to just collect his yeah. free 30000 yeah. bucks, whatever it is. You know, good yeah. on him for doing it. I mean, I think I would take the free payday too, but I think that might lead people towards ROM overwhelmingly of the very top-end yeah. plays, just because on paper, his path looks a little bit easier. But like we pointed out that only 33% of the top seeds move on. So, you know, Ryan Palmer might upend him in his group anyway.
1: Yeah. And and look, I think it's a good place to start with the injured guys. I mean, also in that group, like I forgot Harris English just pulled out of the players for no reason at all. We don't even know what's going on there. Again, we don't get injury reports. It it certainly isn't good that he pulled out of a, a huge event like the players. So there could be something going on with him. That group looks just weird, right? Like, like it, no, no one strong is probably going to come out of it, even if Berger is comes back, because can can he last the whole week, right? So, yeah, Rom definitely setting up well. Um, I, I, Kevin Na is another name. I believe uh, he withdrew from the players. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but I think he did. He did. Um, so yes, that, yeah, that's
2: he, he, he was in my uh, two hundred dollars single entry lineup. Thanks, Ken. Oh.
1: Perfect. So you remember that one. That's good. (laughs) Um, So Kevin Na is another name, uh, obviously in the Dustin Johnson group. I think that'll make Dustin Johnson even more popular as well. So right off the bat, I think we're talking about DJ and Rom, two guys who have obviously done well at this event already. They're, they're going to be popular. They're going to be popular DraftKings players. There's no doubt about it.
2: They should. I'm trying to figure, because I have stars next to both their names on FantasyNational.com right now. Like, just maybe this is the better way to do it. From those guys, $10,000 and above. DJJT, Bryson, Rahm, Morikawa, Rory, and Xander. I'm crossing off Xander, Morikawa, and Justin Thomas right off the hop. Because obviously you can't play everyone. I, I like some of the sleepers in those groups, whatever. That leaves DJ, Bryson, Rahm, and Rory for me uh, as the guys that I'm probably going to try to whittle that down with your help. But those are the four that I'm leaning towards of the favorites right now.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And, and I mean, I'm definitely kind of of the, you know, of the opinion that like with Xander's uh, group, uh, I, I'd probably be be crossing him off and go down two hundred dollars to Cantlay, which is, is is just a better pivot. He's got a better group. He's playing well, I shouldn't say he's playing better. He's come off a terrible game, performance. But Morcaw is interesting. He does feel a little bit overpriced perhaps. so I can definitely get behind that. you know, maybe still a little bit not settled with the putter. And then you look at the other guys. I mean, um you know, Justin Thomas in a group of Death, I wouldn't have a problem or the supposed group of death from, from here. Uh, that's what people are calling it right with Usti and, and Kisner two uh, match play specialists. So I would never problem crossing him off as well. That kind of leaves you with Dustin Bryce, and, and, and John Rom to, uh, to, to sift through, which isn't bad. You know, obviously you could probably still fit two of those guys in, you'd have to get pretty extreme in your other picks, but um, I'm, I'm all for that as well. Crossing those guys off. Rory, I haven't quite made a decision on. Uh, I, I feel like Rory is probably a guy. I, I I'd be okay leaving off. I know he's got great, you know, kind of Pete dye history. He's good in this event, obviously, but, um, just worth where his game is at right now. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's quite got the confidence here to make a run. So I'd probably be again, more in tune with trying to get exposure to like, uh, you know, three of those top four guys and crossing off that kind of second tier with like, uh, Rory and, and Xander.
2: I actually think this sets up really well for Rory. You mentioned the die history. His game's kind of in the toilet right now by his standards, not by actual standards. Yeah. <laughs> and we just saw Justin Thomas play shitty, 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 shitty win the players. So yeah. I, I don't think it's too far away for someone like Rory who's had some nice runs. At it's never event. that far away, right? I mean, and, and, and this is a nice low pressure spot for him to go do something too because if he doesn't advance out of his group, like who cares? There's going to be a bunch of one seeds that don't advance. Like him, Rom, and DJ might all not advance. And then like who cares if Rory doesn't? Like, like it's no longer a story at that point. So I think that the pressure's off of him a little bit this week. And I do think from the DraftKings side of things that he'll probably just be lesser owned than all these guys.
1: Yeah. And look from an ownership perspective. Absolutely. Because um, you know, it, that, that could definitely change my mind on Rory as we get to like, you know, Tuesday night here. If If, if the ownership is just getting ridiculous from his group, I mean, you know, again, just to remind myself, it's not like his group is is, is overflowing with talent. I, I like Cam Smith too, but I mean, I'm not scared of, of Lanto griff Lanto Griffin, I am. Or, or I like am. Both. I'm
2: scared of Lanto. I think Lanto is like a. I mean, we're in Texas, and he just gets. It'd be like how he I, can
1: get stupid hot with his butter. Like he can really get stupid hot. Yeah.
2: And, and that's sort of the thing that I was looking at. Like outside of Bubba, who is, as I mentioned to Feinberg, is sort of stats don't apply to Bubba Watson. Like either he's the best player in the world or he's garbage. That's it's almost like <laughs> looking at Siwoo Kim stats. Like who cares? Yeah. Like, do you absolutely. think he, is he going to have a good week or is he going to be the worst guy in the field? They're both sort of like Ricky Bobbies in golf. But other than that, like DJ day Kisner, like these are all really good. Not only Pete Dye players. They're also really good putters at the same time. Like Louie plays well here almost every single time. Why he's a good putter yep. that I yep. I'm re- active. Unlike what I normally do, every single week in golf betting, I do think that there is something to being a good putter this week.
1: It, I mean, you look at just the, the match play guys. I mean, they they all seem to at least have some kind of consistency or, or, or just better upside with their putter, right? So I don't disagree at all. Um, again, you know, Rory for me, um, I think that group is is gettable. But, you know, Cam Smith, and and I guess we can throw to in there, are, are guys that, that you would worry about. Uh, for me, Rory stands out as, again, He'd be a pure ownership for me i uh, i'm still not confident that that he's he's quite there but you're right i mean the, the pressure could be off a little bit um could definitely see him at least coming out of that pod and and, and maybe like getting to the quarters but uh, if he has to deal with roM in the quarters i mean I, I don't know i i don't i don't know if he's quite there but uh, that's an interesting pod just because of, of the the names that are there for sure
2: well, the guy that I actually like from, like, down in that quadrant, I guess we'll get to him a little bit later on. I'll save that one. Although, if people watch my betting show, they're going to know who it is. It's time once again to tell you all about Magic Spoon. Growing up, cereal one of the best parts about being a kid. But ever since I switched to Magic Spoon... I don't mind eating some cereal anymore, because it's not full of sugar. That other junk that you don't eat, it's a great snack. It can be a great breakfast. And I've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food in general. So that means I basically can't eat anything. And, you know, I tried protein shakes and like powders. And listen, I'm not a bodybuilder. That stuff's not really for me. But I did find this was a delicious way to get my protein before and after workouts. So That's working out for me. There are zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving of Magic Spoon, and only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got exciting news, friends. Magic Spoon will be releasing two amazing new flavors this month for a limited time only. We're talking about cookies and cream and maple waffle. That sounds awesome. And if that isn't the most comforting, indulgent combination, then I don't know what is. This is the ultimate treat yourself combo. So make sure you get some while you can for a limited time or just build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter and cinnamon. I recommend fruity because those are awesome i would just get fruity and eat those all of the time if you're listening from canada magic spoon now ships to canada as well and you can do other things by mixing stuff together mix cocoa with peanut butter and it tastes exactly like a peanut butter cup except it's super nutritious so you have that going for you as well Go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab the new limited edition cookies and cream, maple waffle, or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use my promo code mayo at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is good now anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code mayo at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So, if you don't like it for whatever reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. I look at the 9K area on DraftKings, and I can't see the only one i would consider playing i think might be Webb, although i like hatton way more in that or i like casey way more in that group but i just feel like no mm-hmm. one's going to use web
1: yeah that's that is the worry with web right like that um because i mean i you look at that you look at that bracket with casey and Webb, and uh just as i'm trying to find it here mckenzie hughes and taylor gooch i mean i like taylor gooch he's improved as a player he's got high pedigree but this, you know, do I really trust them to get hot over like three matches against like th- like two very good players? Not really. So, it, it's kind of got to be Casey or Webb, and everyone's going to side with Casey just because of the the match play records. I mean, it's just so much better than Webb. So, um, you know, I think Simpson at uh, ninety one hundred. I kind of agree. Like, I don't like to to eat the massive chalk in events like this, but like Casey really does stick out. So, uh, Webb could be a great pivot there. Um, you know, Jordan Spieth, obviously at 9,300, uh, overpriced over versus Fitzpatrick. I kind of like Hovland this week, personally. Um, you know, if more Cow is going to be 10, four and Hovland's going to be nine, four. I mean, I think that's fine. I know people are high on answer. I love answer too, but, um, you know, Hovland's a guy who, who will make an eight and then bounce back with three birdies. Like that's the kind of guy you want to back and match play. So, um, I don't think Vic is, is going to be too bothered by, by like making a bogey or two. He can definitely come back hot. So. I, I do like uh, a couple of these guys in this 9K range. Definitely like Cantley for a bounce back too, he's got a good die track record. And quite frankly, going up, up against Hideki, who has never advanced out of the pod stage. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take Cantley there. So I'm a, I'm almost of the opinion that I kind of like going with bounce lineups, to, to be honest. Uh and, and this 9K range is, is probably a little bit more attractive to me uh than you.
2: I think you just make some sort of stances of who you think is going to win a group, and then just overload on that and pray that this is the year that you're right. Like I look at that Cantley group, and I think that Brian Harman wins that group.
1: Brian Harman is definitely he's he's like the Lonto of that group. He's 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 dangerous. I mean, I I I said on a show, you know, earlier today, like yeah, you know, he made Ricky Fowler cry in match play. I mean, he's, he's 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 just a really tough competitor and a really good putter. So, um, you know, Cantley and Harmon for for me and that group, since we're sp- talking about specifically now, they'd be the targets, but. uh I do think Cantlay, uh, with the way he started the year, he, I, I think he's got to bounce back this week. A guy who needs kind of one good start to before the Masters, so he should really be keying in here. I, I agree
2: that he should be the overwhelming favorite in that group, and the price point is really nice on him at $9,800. I just think that there's something about this course. Just after Bubba having so much success here, Phil's had some success here. The last time Harmon played in this group was the year that Bubba won, and he won his group and then lost to Bubba in the round of 16. Sure. I think it just kind of sets up for lefties, kind of like the Masters.
1: It very much could be. And and look, I mean, if you're not on the Cantlay train, I mean, I think Harmon is, is a great, a great target there. Obviously we're we're not really scared of Hideki. Although now, you know, every time I talk him down, he seems to pop up, but, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's a good target to, to kind of, uh, to go with, I mean, um, who is the fourth person in that group? And it's, I can't even it, remember. Now.
2: It's it's Ortiz, which is really interesting
1: because
2: right. it is interesting because yeah. Harmon and Ortiz have just been putting the lights out. And yeah. I don't I don't know where this has come from, Carlos Ortiz, but apparently he's figured something out with the putter, and then the rest of his game has abandoned him abandoned him at this point. But like, if Harmon just continues to roll it like
1: he's been doing, like he's a tough out. He's going to be a tough out. He's going to be a very tough out. Again, I, I'm I'm at the point with with Cantlay where I just feel like his all around game is in such good shape. He'll be able to grind down. He'll be able to stick with Brian Harmon and, and and grind him down eventually. But um, that is going to be a tough out. Um, like I said, it all depends. Um, if you are if you're of the opinion, you know, you want to get off this like DJ Romchok and and you want to start your lineups like at 9K, I, I'd have no problem starting with Cantley personally, and, and I like Hovland too. But again, if you are of the opinion like you got to get exposure to DJ, you got to get exposure to ROM. Probably just skipping Cantley and go, and using Brian Harmon from that group is, is probably the best because I do feel like Harmon's, you know, he's, he's probably going to have better chance than his, his group odds indicate, so.
2: Well, we're going to be incredibly wrong about a lot of this stuff, but there's a few it's, groups that I look at that, all of it. that, that <laughs> I think that are really... Just because the skill sets in them and the types of players that are in these groups and what we know about their profiles that makes them really wide open. Like the hot, like I'm like everyone else, I love Answer this week. I've already bet Answer to win this event. Yeah. It uh, makes sense. At 65 to one, great die player, kind of solid across the board. Yeah. You know, make, make a few putts, Abe, and all of a sudden you're doing a little bit better. And we know that he can putt in certain times uh, where he's not like a disaster on the greens, like Corey Connors, for example, who, you know, could strike the shit out of the ball all week. And, you know, if, if Speeds is like, nah, man, I think you got to put that one out that all of a sudden he turns <laughs> his one footers into like lost holes somehow. But this Hovland group is super interesting because of the types of players that are in it. So you have answered yeah. and Hovland and everyone's just going to gravitate towards them. But you have Weisberger and Streelman who are like two of the streakiest guys on the planet.
1: Yeah, I, I know. I like, like Wiesberger. I just don't even know. I mean, I look, I love the Euro guys. I mean, like I play overplayed them last week and they cost me a bunch of money, but I love it. I'll gravitate towards them because we know that they're talented players and, and uh, sometimes we think they're undervalued here, but yeah, Wiesberger and Streelman coming off a good week too. I mean, these guys can get red hot with their irons, So um, they both can be pretty terrible with their putters too at times. So uh, I mean, again, for, for the match play format, is that a good thing or a bad thing? But you know, I mean, Vic can be uh, pretty bad on the greens as well. So um, it does all sort of speak to why, you know, we all like answer this week or, or why we're all probably going to be targeting him in some fashion. Um, and and I, I wouldn't put anyone off him. He's got a good DraftKings price as well, but th- it is a pretty wide open group. Again, if, if you are starting with Bryson and uh, or, or Rom or, or the duo of those two guys, I mean, you're obviously playing against, you know, the, the lineups that are going more balanced with Hovland. So definitely targeting a, a talented player like Wiesberger has value here. Um, streelman the same thing. I just mentioned he's coming off a good, a good performance has a pretty good die record as well. And he look, Travelers. So Streelman at the Travelers, another nice connection there. If we like the connection here for, for answer, I think he can pretty much make the same case for Strelman. So I think all things considered there too, just to give people a straightforward answer, I probably would side with Strelman over Wiesberger if you're going for uh a low value there in that group
2: so the 8k range is where two of the guys that i've bet come in so my final is hatton versus day so i'm gonna play those two guys uh and i mean i wouldn't even hate like just because you can leave so much money on the table with the way that everything works out that if i think that's the final i could start my teams with hatton and day if i really wanted to leave 1500 on the table and just play it that way it's probably not sensible but I don't know. No one else is going to have those lineups, I don't think. Uh, and the only other guy from the 8Ks that I really like is Neiman at $8,000. He is in that. Where the hell is Neiman at? He's in the Patrick Reed group, and everyone's just going to play Patrick Reed. But Bubba's not playing well coming in. Seabez, who knows? I mean, if Neiman could have just chipped at the Honda, he would have been, like, top three.
1: Yeah. I mean, that group is tough because is, is, or Hood or whatever— is playing extremely well right now. Uh, he's going to be a tough out because that dude can putt. Like that dude can absolutely get around the green. So you're going to have to really grind Christian Bezaydenho out of this tournament. Um, it scares me a little bit with Neiman to be honest. Um, I I just you know with with having to get by Reed and Bezaydenho in that same group, who the hell knows what Bob going to do? Um, but I I don't like it. I I think I would rather just pay up for Reed or, or go with uh, with go with the South African there with the, with the funny name that I probably mispronounced 10 times, but um, Neiman's playing great. He, he does look like a nice price. I mean, he's definitely not overpaying for him like you would be for Spieth or anything like that. So um, where is Reed at in the salary? I actually say so it's a pretty big discount off of Patrick Reed, like to get a second seed there. So I could see it. I, I think I'd rather go down to Bizet at 76, but um, yeah, that group is, that's a tough group. Should we just play
2: the narrative that like, no matter how poorly Kevin Kisner is playing, coming into this event every year, he just does well at this event every single year somehow. Uh, should we apply the same logic to
1: Bubba Watson? I mean, what, what did Bubba do here? Like in, in last time, do you remember? Cause I don't, I didn't even look it up this morning. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm just out on Bubba. I mean, he's just, he's not making, he's not, he's obviously not making cuts or anything, but I probably shouldn't just write him off. I mean, it's just, it's like you said, it's just a completely different format. Stroke play almost doesn't matter. I mean, uh, a guy like Bubba could easily just flip the switch here. He loves, you know, there's certain courses he just comes alive on, but um, I don't know. I I feel like with the group he's in this year, I I just, I don't really want to go there. I I just feel like getting past Reed and and these other two guys, it's going to be too much of a task to ask for him. So you can make the case for him, but I- I'm not going to. Bubba in 2019 was one
2: and two. Uh, so he did not advance from his group. In fact, the four seed Kevin Na advanced from the group that year. And then the year before that, he actually won it. Or he won in 2018. And the year before that, he advanced That's from his group uh, as the number one seed against Vegas Peters and Scott Piercy, 2-0-1 that year. And I think he lost in the first round. He lose in the first round. It's really hard to find like information on this tournament, without yeah, it getting it's... incredibly complicated. Uh, he actually he made it to the round of sixteen, then lost to Ross Fisher, who then lost to my guy Tony Hara, who then lost to DJ, who won.
1: Oh, I remember the Tony Hara year. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I had I had <laughs> the two shame, I had man. the two
2: losers in the semifinals. I had Haas and Tony Hara that year. You had
1: Tony Hara that year. That's impressive, man. I mean, <laughs>
2: well, I I only bet him because he loves smoking cigs on the course.
1: I'm like, I'm in. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> Oh, right. He's the same. Okay. Now I remember. Yeah. It's all coming back to me. feels like forever ago. It kind of was now, but anyways. (laughs) So that's the
2: eight K's for me. In the seven K's, I mentioned Brian Harmon. I have him written in at $7,200. I think that's a nice price for him. And you're going to have to double up in some spots. One of... One guy that I just don't think anyone's going to go after, and it's another one of these groups that I look at that everyone's just kind of the same to me, and I don't think that there's a huge differentiation between the one seed or the four seed. So I'm probably going to take two guys out of this pod and mix and match. I won't play them together, obviously, but in different sets of lineups. I like Kokrak at $7,500, and I like the four seed in that range, and Hot Fiya Dylon Fertelli, who is, like, exceptionally cheap. He is yeah. where's Fratelli? Yeah. Fratelli is smelly Fratelli. Where are you at? Now I can't even find
1: him. 65. Sixty 6, five hundred.
2: So he's a salary yep. saving guy. Like Finau and Zalatoris are great players, but they don't scare me.
1: No, they don't scare me, and they're both pretty bad putting, to be honest. Um, pretty bad at putting. Uh, you know, Zaltor's a nice player, like you said, T to green. But that that was pretty much the take I had on this group as well. Uh, I think Fertelli's very live. I'm pretty sure Fertelli's gotten out of the pod here at least once. Uh, he might even got to the quarters one year. So, um, you know, Fertelli can. He's, he's quite frankly, he's, he's improved his all around game. He, he's a better putter of late. He's been up and down. He burned everyone last week, or he burned me, anyways. And Kokrak's really improved his putting. So, I'm on the exact same page as you here. I think that group is wide, wide open. Um, you know, Fina could impress and just go nuts, uh, for the, for the, in the pod group or something. But, uh, if that doesn't happen, I I think one of those guys, Kokrak or or Fratelli will get through. They're just better putters, um, right now for sure. So, um, pretty much with you. I think that's a good group to target, you know, with a guy like Fratelli. Uh, I don't think and also, I don't think there's much of a talent gap between any, either any four of these guys. So, you know, Fina sure the best player, but like, uh, those other guys all have really good upside as well. So that's definitely a group I want to target. Um, in that range. Did you say you're in or out on Justin Thomas?
2: I'm out on Justin Thomas. I still so who I, are
1: you playing from that?
2: I, I don't think I'm like, gonna play, you I, play I the only one I, I like the only one I'm thinking of playing from that group is Kisner.
1: Kisner, okay. That makes I mean obviously makes sense. He's still putting really well. I just couldn't remember if you, if we had talked about that group or not. I'll probably play Louie, but um of course. Kisner. It's either Kisner or louis for me. Of course I'm gonna side with louis I mean don't need to,
2: so need the, to get into that. So in the sevens, I have answer, Kokrak and Harmon. Those would probably be my guys.
1: Answer, Kokrak, Harmon. Yeah, again, answer. I just feel like is going to be the ultimate shock. So I might end up pivoting off him. Mean, if he doesn't get up there, I, I, I'd i probably grab a piece. I like the Zaynote. note uh, if I'm playing. Uh, I also will say this. I think Russell Henley playing really well. Uh, I think that group is up for, for grabs for sure. I, I think of that group. I think that's a good group to kind of target two players, uh, uh, Sung Sung Jae or or Henley. So um, Henley doesn't have the greatest match play record here, but all of his losses at this course have come by one hole. So like he's been really close in his other appearances, which is kind of interesting. Um, I I think he's putting really well right now too. He's gained strokes, putting uh, in eight straight events. Sung Jae's putting well. So I like both those guys in that group. And I think that's a good strategy. Obviously don't play them together, but you can split them between lineups. That's probably what I'll be doing for that group.
2: Uh, in that group, I in the top end group, I actually like Leishman in that M group. I think that he's still kind of perfectly suited for this type of event because the putters started to roll again. We've just seen all the flashes of his game throughout the course of 2021 and he's yet to line it up in the same week but he's had success at this tournament like he was the one who just took down Bryson in 2019 went 3-0 and in his group and then lost to Louis in the round of 16 that year so I, I just think where his his putter is getting a little bit better right now that he is just someone sneaky at a cheap price in the 6k region that I think you can use And the other guys would be EVR Fertelli and JT Poston in that Morikawa group where Pete Dye player makes a ton of putts just get hot for a few days.
1: Yeah, and no one's gonna play J.T. Poston uh, this week after he uh, he just completely bombed last week, right? So I'm definitely down with that. I I, I completely agree on the Van Ruin call. Um, that that group is just there's so many question marks there. And look, I mean, he was, he was fine last week, Eric Van Ruin, until the, the final round. But again, we don't care if he makes a ten on one hole because it's not it's only gonna count as as one lost hole, right? So um, I, I I like the value there for sure, or not the value, just going down cheap. Just just for salary, right at six thousand four hundred. Um, you know, every, everyone else kind of below him. You could, again, it just depends on who you're playing at the top. If you're not playing Dustin Johnson, I mean, Adam Long is live. I mean, the, the guy can get red hot as well. So, um, oh, you know, I, why not?
2: I, I, uh, I actually, I actually have Kevin Na winning that group,
1: or like, not, or I, Ke- I Kevin mean, Na. I, think, I
2: mean, we don't know what the end like. The, the injury guys, I find really intriguing. Like. The guy I didn't mention that I'm most definitely playing because I picked him to go to the final four and he's in the 6K region. I'm just going to take a chance that Matthew Wolf is healthy because I look at that quadrant. So you have that like Justin Thomas' group with Kisner and Louie and Kuchar, like, I feel like any one of those guys, just because the the bottom three have played so well at this course over the years, that someone can trip up JT, let's get rid of him. Then you look at Wolf's group. It's Fitzpatrick, Connors, and Speeth. Like, they're all kind of the same type of player. Then you have Wolf, who's just bombs away. So if this year, right. for whatever reason, it leans towards bombers, which we've seen in the past. Um, I mean, Kisner's the only non-bomber, really, to win this event. Like, when Jason Day won, he was one of the top distance guys on tour. Then you have Bubba and DJ, That if Wolf is right, I think he can kind of
1: steamroll these guys a little bit, but he could just be hurt and suck. I mean, look—you're getting Matthew Wolf at 6,900 in an event with insane amount of variance. You know, he's going up against three players who you you can't say any of them are like elite right now. They're playing well, but I mean, it's like you said—the best player in the group long term is Matthew Wolf. So. Why not take a shot on him? He's under seven k. Uh, he's coming off like three weeks of rest. There's there's reports about Matthew Wolf. He was just having a hard time mentally. I can't even remember. It was he was you know he was just alone for long stretches or something. But sometimes rest does does your mind really good, right? So uh, at the very least, he's coming in with completely different preparation than the other guys. And like you said, if that works, and the other guys are kind of all a little bit fatigued or whatever. He could just blow the doors off that group. So, um, I, I mean, I have kind of this morning, I was having a little bit of trouble figuring out that group. There's no one clear that I want to just be like, yeah, that's the guy I'm going to target for this reason. Wolf might just make sense just from a low ownership and, and, and a, a salary saving perspective. The worst thing that's going to happen is going to lose his pod. And and you, it, you lose out of the guy who's under seven K who cares? You're probably going to have a ton of lineups like that anyways. So, well, Berger was the other
2: one that I was thinking about just I, no one's going to use him, And if he's fine, then he should win his
1: pod. Yeah. The, the, the burger group is a little bit easier for me to figure out. Cause I would say definitely burger. I mean, let's not forget the guy had a rib injury at the players and he still finished top 10. So how bad is it? Um, but then you just target burger or Van ruin, because again, I don't know what the hell's going on with Harris English. He hasn't been playing that well anyway. So I don't really want to target him. And, uh, I, you know, um, Brendan Todd, whatever i'm fine fading brandon todd so go with the cheap guy in van ruin or just pay up for burger because if burger gets hot i mean you know he's he's like the par 70 master or whatever so um you know he can definitely get it done as well
2: all right i think we talked this through a little bit just remember take at least four guys from one guy from each of the quadrants and try to figure out the rest that's the strategy that you want to go with this week for the match play on DraftKings. who do you have in the final four
1: Okay, let's go through this. I don't want to screw this up. Uh, Louis, <laughs> give guys, and give you no. <laughs> let's go. Let's start here. Uh, I'm going to take um, Sung J M from uh, the whatever the first group. I'm going to take um, Hovland. Okay. I'm going to take um, not Louis Cantley. and then I'm going to take. Who am I going to take from that side? I'm going to take Scotty Scheffler. Scotty so it's going to be Cantley, Scheffler. Cantlay, Scheffler. Um, no, I can't even remember who i pick. Hovland and Im. Uh,
2: I don't think Hovland's going to be... I kind of like your Hovland call, because if Answer doesn't win and Hovland just kind of steamrolls them, no one... I doubt... I mean, no one is probably pushing it, but I would imagine <laughs> very few people are going to be using Hovland by and large.
1: I, I mean, again, it's it's kind of like the anti-answer. Like if you're not playing answer, I, I feel like you're getting you're going to get good leverage on Hovland, right? And uh, I do feel like maybe not that many people are going to be targeting that nine K range because the eight K range, I admit, is, is like I, I I mean, just listening to your final of Day Hatton. It kind of makes me think like that that that's a really realistic final. <laughs> you know, for good two guys in the 8K range, it makes a lot of sense to me. But at the same time, I think the 9K range could you get good ownership there. So
2: and I think more people will gravitate towards the 8K range than the 9K range for more yeah, um, for more of their picks. I think like cumulative ownership is probably gonna rest in the eights over the nines this week, which is usually a good reason just to play the guys in the nines. So I'll try to figure that out as I work my way through it. But my final four is Hatton answer with Hatton going to the finals and Wolf versus day with day going to the finals and answer and, uh, Tyrell Hatton winning over Jason day. Although if Jason day wins, I'm probably not going to mind it too much, but I think that's probably the best way to think about your lineups this week is look at the bracket, fill out a bracket and just essentially make your core the guys that you have in the final four and work backwards from there.
1: Absolutely. Working backwards helps, uh, filling out the bracket helps because you'll be able to see, you know, who guys which guys do you think has a chance at the finals? Um, it's kind of funny. We didn't talk too much about those two groups, but like those are going to be two of the funnest groups with, uh, you know, all the English guys: Hatton, Westwood, and, and Wallace, and then uh, Day with Scheffler and Xander going to be super competitive too. But I, I mean, we have a slight, obviously we are going to have different picks, but I mean, uh, I think I think both our results are at least uh, they're realistic, right? So um, we'll see how it works out. Any chance I saw C. Wu
2: was talking smack to Bryson on Instagram. It is, it's just, oh. it's a Pete die course. Just
1: at least have one lineup with C. Wu. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, again, like you can't play all the studs. I mean, you know, you look at that group. Um, you got Siwoo on a, on a Pete die course. You got Bryson, you know, maybe his focus is a little bit off. I mean, and look, Bryson match play. I mean, he's the guy who likes to come out and measure stuff and, and, and likes the stroke play. So no, I, I'd absolutely be about it. I mean, look, the ownership percentages are going to dictate a lot, but if I'm targeting anyone other than Bryson in that one, you know, Fleetwood for me just isn't there. I, I'm not even going to attempt to make an analysis on Rosner. Um, Seawood Kim would be the guy I target there for sure. Are other you gonna, than Bryson.
2: Are you going to buy any of Bryson's new uh, NFTs?
1: NFTs, the one of one. It actually looks pretty cool <laughs> with him, just the one that, throwing it over the lake. No, I'm not going to buy it though. <laughs> you should. It'll probably cost like 30K. I'll probably make like 30 grand in like 24 hours.
2: Right. So. <laughs> yeah. You might, you might as well be the high bidder on it. That would be an awesome, yeah. like there, there actually are a couple cool Bryson moments to own if you could.
1: No, for sure. Like, you know, other, other, you know, like Gronk came out with it first, but you know, the Bryson ones actually look cool. Like I was looking at them right before we came on and I'm not, like I, I said, like it's the one of him hitting over in, in Bay Hill. It looks pretty cool. So. Um, it's definitely playing more towards my heart as, as the golf fan, you know, than the uh, the Gronk ones one, which I just don't give a shit about. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'm going to wait, you know, gets a little more mainstream, whatever.
2: I mean, I, I will that be the highest price? Like, I think they're all going to go up for auction that I would guess that the, the, the point over the lake at Bay Hill would probably be the highest, even like more so than his wins. Would, that would probably be the most valuable yeah. one at the moment. I want the one of him fighting with the official at Memorial. <laughs> but like, try, he wanted to play the ball from underneath the fence, but then he wanted to jump the fence. I want to own that one. What about the anthill? Yeah, the, uh, you have the anthill. You could have him having the lost ball in, like just off the fairway at the Masters that they found like two seconds later after he took his drop. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: so many good Bryson moments really to, to choose from here. But I think the, I think he's minted them like the, the one with the him across the lake is a one of one. So I think they've minted it like that. So I think that's going to be ending up being the most expensive one. It's called the distance special edition. One of one. So
2: Distance special edition. One of one Bryson day NFT and non fungible token. How much money do you think that sells for? Ah, <sighs> Over under a hundred
1: k. I think it'll be under a hundred k. I
2: think it might I, even be under fifty. I think it's going to be over a hundred k.
1: Actually, for the one of one, now that I now I shouldn't say that. I'm going to say actually right around a hundred k for the one of one. Because yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair. All right, let's start pooling. Probably going to be something stupid like that.
2: Let's let's start getting our money together. I got like thirty bucks. How much you got? You're, hey. a, law- you're a lawyer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ex lawyer and uh, yeah, I got like sixty bucks kicking around. We can—that's a good start. That's Let's not, just put it in. But
2: we're both Canadian though, so that's only like twenty bucks.
1: Well, we'll just need to win the ten dollars, Pat, and we're good. Yeah, we can invest in the. You know, we'll split a lineup. I mean, it might. It
2: might be. Yeah, we'll, we won't we'll, do
1: that because it's against the rules. But you know what?
2: I'm yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll split. We'll split the winning so we can buy this Bryson. Right. NFT of him pointing over the lake
1: or him fighting with the rules
2: official. I'm telling you, there's there's, Bryson's the perfect guy for the spieth would also be a really, I mean, obviously, Tiger would be the best one and Phil, like, ridiculous shots would be kind of golf. Oh, Phil, like, it's strange because, like, you have these highlights in basketball and top shot is so huge, but golf and MMA kind of work perfectly for these things.
1: I mean, look, when, when the golf actually gets more traction and we see more of these, I mean, I, it's legitimately going to put a dent in my pocketbook. I'm I'm not going to lie. I mean, there, there's so many good golf moments that they could capitalize on. I mean, just thinking about Phil, you, know, you could have the one where he's like doing the CBD oil down the fairway or something, <laughs> or or, I don't
2: know. or when he chased the ball down at the U.S. Open before it stopped and was just like, <laughs> yeah, the- <laughs> like I think there's hilarious ones that oh you could have for God. golf. But like, like well, I think the UFC absolutely. is eventually going to get into this. Like, you can buy like the best yeah. knockouts ever. Like that seems like oh. a, a, an awesome market to be in.
1: The first, uh, you know, Ultimate Fighter fight or whatever, you know, there, there, it's absolutely, man. Like, uh, I and look, I, I like the technology. I, I think it's a great idea. You can own them online. You don't have to store them in the cupboard, like, or your safe, like I do, to do with my safe sports cards or whatever. So, um, absolutely, man, it, it's going to be cool. Like I said, once it gets uh, a little bit more mainstream, I'll be, I'll be dipping in. Got to get that Louis Ustes and Albatross from the 2012 Masters. Pat, it's what I'm saving up for.
2: And I'll just go and buy the Bubba Watson hook shot from the woods to win the Masters (laughs) that year and beat Louis in the playoff.
1: (laughs) Oh, that one hurts still. What do you think would be the
2: number one golf like overall? Would it be the Tiger putt at the Players or the Tiger chip on sixteen at the
1: Masters? What about just like the Tiger like? cap in for the win in 2019. I don't know. There's so many Tiger moments. Probably I would say the one at the Masters, the 16th, would get the most. Um, I think the players just by by definition, it's the players. It's not a major. It's not the Masters would probably be uh, you know, definitely top five for sure. But uh would probably get behind the uh the the 16th at the at the Masters. I think I think that's probably Tigers, you know, biggest thing. Uh, again, you might just get some simple moment though, like him, you know, putting his hands up in the air. That one. I, the, the Tiger ones will just be ridiculous when they get uh, when they get around to it. Yeah, well, golf will
2: most undoubtedly be last at doing this. I think that's why, oh, I, th- I think that's why Bryson's <laughs> taking this into his own hands right now. He's like, yeah, I'll I'll just do this now. And in twenty years, when golf catches up to this, they you know, they can have their money then. I'm just trying to. And think, so what, um, what would be the top Tiger moments? I guess the PGA Championship when he beat Brad May, like the point to walk it in to force the oh, playoff. That'd be a good one. That's a that'd good be one. A really good- I mean, Wait, oh, the, I, I'm always prone to his Canadian open shot where he put it over that lake at Claude Abbey out of the bunker to beat Grant Waite in 2000.
1: That'd probably be a really underrated one too, right? Because like only old guys like you and me know that. Like, you know, the, the newer kids on the block wouldn't even remember that shot. But that that for a long time, that Canadian open shot from the bunker was known as like the best shot ever in golf. Like, it, you know, pros would go out there and try it. And they'd be like, this is impossible. Like, how did he get it on the green from here? So... There'd be lots of underrated ones, you know. You'd have to really go value hunting for tiger moments like that. Uh, there's a couple just in, insane, you know, approaches. I know he had that one from Mexico from the bunker where he, like, you know, he I think he hooked it like 20 yards or something crazy like that. So, uh, there's so many good moments that uh, they, they could put up there for sure. But, um, yeah, that, that one from the Canadian Open, that's a good one. And, uh, the point, uh, from the PGA definitely be a top five.
2: There, yeah, like Phil and Spieth would just be super interesting because they'd have so many like weird shots. That would be super memorable, like when Phil yeah. played that flop shot that went backwards and somehow ended up like two inches from the cup. Like, what would be Spieth's iconic moment? Maybe his eagle to win the first Masters on thirteen oh. when he was yelling at it, or the putt he made to come back against Kuchar at the British Open. That's what
1: I was. That's what I was going to say. Isn't that the one where he pointed to? Yeah. Yeah, that's so. That's that's gonna be like a top three Spieth one. The other one is when he won the Travelers and he did like the uh that's right high five with Greller. That's
2: Remember that? Good, yeah, 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 yeah. He he did like the yeah. he did the bump out of and Greller threw that's the that's what race. they did the bump. Yeah, yeah.
1: the old chest bump.
2: Uh, yeah. Also the Patrick well, Reed, the the Patrick Reed hand to the ear at the right the Ryder Cup moments would be oh, great too. There's tons God. of them that would be awesome for this. Patrick Reed could
1: have so many
2: good NFTs. <laughs> here, here you could just buy Patrick Reed cheating NFTs
1: exactly <laughs> the one from the farmers you know they could show his ball bouncing and then him picking it up oh my god it's right. endless endless amounts of stuff
2: i mean you might get best bang for your buck with anything jb holmes related because they would be like five hour long nfts
1: <laughs> <laughs> here's jb holmes
2: freezing alex Norton trying to win at tory pines
1: yeah that's a That's a not great moment for me to remember, but yeah, lots of, uh, lots of long JT or JB Holmes NFTs. All right,
2: Jeff Um, Ulrich, uh, where can everyone follow you on Twitter and find all your work?
1: At the fantasy grind, Pat, just give me a follow on the Twitter machine. That'd be great. You can find my stuff up at DK nation. Got the PGA cheat sheet up there still doing the Osmo show on Monday. So check that out for some early content as well. After you're done watching Pat's show, of course, but uh, yeah, give me a follow on the Twitter. Always appreciated there. Always coming up uh, with, with new stuff. So Appreciate that.
2: I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review while you're at it. Also subscribe to Mayo Media Network where you are watching the show if you're consuming the video version right now. Smash the like and leave me your favorite sleeper or dream matchup in the comment section as well. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo will get you 20% off all the stats, all the tools, the most customizable stat database on the planet. And my cheat sheet will be up on DKPlaybook.com early on Tuesday. Remember, this tournament starts on Wednesday, so get your lineups in, especially in the Pat Mayo Experience Open, which the link is in the description of both the video and podcast right now. Thank you all for watching. Good luck.